As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! We're going to see these guys again, so... What makes you say that? I just think we are. And he wasn't talking about next season. Robert Sala with some big words in the press conference after the Jets lost to the Bills on Sunday. We have a lot to get to on this edition of the Can't Wait Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you're joining us live or listening uh, after the fact, I'm Tim McMaster along with Zach Rosenblatt, our Jets reporter at The Athletic, and Marissa Dunn, our producer... Zach, back from Buffalo, a place that made Minneapolis in December seem lovely, I think, right? Like you'd go back to Minneapolis after this uh, weekend. Minneapolis was colder, but yeah, it was there was uh, precipitation in Buffalo, which was, is not in t- a very... I, I woke up on Sunday and it was snowing outside, which I was not thrilled about, but it wound up being all right. I mean, I, I was inside. I can't complain too much. I'm not like the crazy fans who are out there. Like The fans looked absolutely miserable in that weather. I mean, Bills fans are, are wild people. Um, I don't really know what the Jets contingent was like, but yeah, that was, that was, that was, uh, that was con- some conditions and I mean, we'll get into the Mike White part of it, but he, like they, they played, he played pretty well considering all, all the things that happened. So, um, yeah, Bills fans cool. and Packers fans are a, a different breed. Um, but I mean, Bills just, fans on like, you know, I joke about how crazy Jets fans are on Twitter. I, you tweet one thing Bills fans don't like, and my God, I, I tweeted a screenshot cause I, of Mike White getting his body like cut in half basically. <laughs> Because I, I I was focused on how that looked painful. I was not. I right. didn't tweet any comment with it, and I thought in the context of like when I was live tweeting, it made sense. But everybody started finding it hours later, and they thought I was tweeting that as if it was an illegal hit. So all these people are calling me casual, and this guy has no idea what he's talking about. He's like, dude, I didn't say anything. It's just a photo of a guy getting destroyed. <laughs> That well, Wait. when you leave it without any context, they will take the context and they will they will run yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, That's Twitter in a nutshell. But yeah, we're funny. gonna get to Salah's comments. Obviously, the game itself, uh, the the mistakes, the the positives, all of that. But um, you just got out of the Monday news conference with Salah and Mike White, so we should start there since literally it happened half an hour ago. Um, let's start with Mike White. Uh, we were texting a little bit, and like when you find out Salah's talking before White, 
a little bit nervous, right? That uh oh, maybe this your jet, is a, the Jets' radar goes off, and you're yeah, like, like you assume broke, the worst, like bad rib injury, shouldn't have been playing out for the <laughs> like all sorts of things run through oh, your mind. God, yeah. um, but it turns out it's kind of I guess what we would have expected, which it was is pretty ho hum. Yeah, yeah, he injured his ribs, right? But he's day to day. Yeah, I I definitely there's a part of me that started getting stressed out <laughs> because the last time they did all this all this stuff was when. Um, when they did had the like two hour delay and I was sitting in the Philly airport and and then we found out that uh, Zach Wilson was getting benched and and all that stuff like I was so I was like okay are we about to have like is Mike White out for the year like <laughs> I don't know They're, like I, I was texting some of the other reporters and because they have experience covering the Jets so they all assume the worst um, but yeah I wound up being just that Mike is day to day they seem pretty confident he's gonna play this week he seems pretty confident he's gonna play this week Quinn and Williams it sounds like they kind of dodged a bullet there I mean we'll see. Again, whenever Salah says like day to day, that could mean anything. <laughs> but um, I, they, he made it seem like he's 50 50 for this week. He said it's the same injury he had in training camp. I, I don't remember it that well, what he had in training camp. I don't remember it being very serious. So, I mean, losing Quinn and Williams would be absolutely devastating for the defense. So, the fact that it's not like it was like a non contact injury. So, you always assume the worst when that happens. I was like, did he tear his Achilles, his ACL? Uh, you know, he was declared out fairly quickly. If I remember correctly, or maybe he wasn't declared out right away, and then he then they upgraded it to out. Or yeah, it was doubtful Diamond. immediately, and yeah. then they they changed it to out. Yeah, so there's that. I mean, Corey Davis is in concussion protocol. I mean, it was another one of those Jets games where it seemed like everything that could go wrong did. You know, and and in one fell swoop, Mike White and George Fant got hurt. Fant came back in the game, so did White, obviously. But yeah, so sounds like they pretty much dodged bullets. I imagine Mike White's in some pain, even if he was kind of like joking about it and saying like my kids were. Were hitting me and I was fine. So like he always goes back to his kids, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I'd say definitely like based on you know in the moment how it felt, especially with Quinnen, I, I'd say it's it's a positive positive day outside of the loss, obviously, which we'll get into. But um, the fact that they should have their quarterback on Sunday and maybe they'll have Quinnen Williams that that's that's a very important thing for especially going against the Lions team that is pretty legit right now. All right, before we get into what went wrong on Sunday, um, some question marks just because we're talking about Mike White, and that is um, Mike White still the starter, obviously. Uh, Salah said that after the game, but he's got the injury. It was a rough go uh, when he wasn't on the field, and we'll specifically get into that a little bit later too. But um, who's going to be the backup on Sunday? Yeah, so, I mean, I... So I mean, I want playing. you to say Strebler, but I know that's not the <laughs> that's that's been. I mean, I, I I respect. You know, we have still have listeners who pay attention because I anytime like something like this even comes up, I'm like I said that Robert. So Robert Sala wouldn't specify. He said we're still evaluating. Whereas normally he just declares. So I think that means they're probably making a switch there. But I said he hasn't made an announcement about if it's Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson. And I got a bunch of responses. Yeah, because it's Chris Strebler. That's why he hasn't made that <laughs> announcement. <laughs> but yeah, I. I get the sense that it might be Zach Wilson and look, I, I get, I got their hesitance to do it before uh, cause you wanted him to just be able to focus on whatever he had to focus on. You don't want Mike white looking over his shoulder. Uh, you know, it's not like Salah's declared Mike the start of the rest of the season, but so the fact that he's starting this game, I feel like pretty much locks him in, in my opinion, unless they lose the lions, then maybe things change a little bit. But uh, you know, Joe Flacco comes in, wasn't entirely his fault. You know, he, he came in cold in the middle of a drive, but he comes in. Mike Remmers comes in his first snap of the season playing for George Fant. Get, gets beat real easily, and Flacco fumbles the ball away immediately. So his first drive, he turns it over on his first play. On the, on the next drive, he, he just made a couple of really bad throws, three and out. 
I'm not saying Zach Wilson would have come in there and been, you know, you can't, you know, especially with all that's happened. Like, I, you, I'm not 100% confident Zach Wilson wouldn't have turned it over when he went in. But at the very least, Zach can move. That's always been the thing. The offensive line had a rough, rough day yesterday. It's the kind of game like in the beginning of the year where you're saying, well, Joe Flacco would have been sacked 10 times. If Joe Flacco played all four quarters yesterday, he might have been sacked quite a bit. Mike White got rid of the ball really fast. So, um, I don't know. I, 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 see, I see the merit to putting Zach as your backup, especially if they do really believe in him still as they're talking about. Um, I have no idea if he's making progress behind the scenes. They don't really seem to be talking about it to anybody, either on or off the record right now. So I I don't know if he's like made progress in terms of his footwork. It's kind of going to be a thing where you only see it when he goes out there during a game. But I, I feel like the, the offensive ceiling is higher with Zach in there than Joe Flacco, which take with that what you want, I guess. But I my gut tells me that they're going to reveal that Zach will be the backup, which would mean he would probably have to talk to us this week because I think he's been a, he's been kind of avoid. It was, it was funny in the locker room uh, yesterday. You know, s- certain guys were getting crowded around. There was a, cra- a short, small crowd around Bam Knight, and I was there. And Zach Wilson's locker was, like, next. And so he, he got, like, shoved over. He was talking to Ty Johnson. And he, he packs up. He's about to go. And then some, like, Buffalo reporter walks up to him. He's like, hey, you, Zach, uh, can, you, can you talk? <laughs> and I think Zach was, like, taken aback by the fact that somebody even requested, asked if he was <laughs> willing to talk because he kind of, like, chuckled. And he's like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't think we're doing that kind of thing. Which I, I actually respected that guy giving it a shot because it would have been funny if this random guy in Buffalo gets Zach Wilson to talk for the first time since his last press conference. But um, anyway, that was a little sidetrack. But yeah, I, my, my gut to answer your question, the long answer coming down to a short one, I think it'll be Zach. All right. And, and the, the drama continues, I guess, a yeah. little bit with that. Um, all right. Let's get into the game. And the really, I mean, when you look at the game as a whole, it was it was ugly, obviously, in the muck. The first half was just terrible. The second half was fairly exciting, but there was there was these key mistakes along the way that really cost the Jets. And I know Robert Sala loves talking about like we can't hang up things on like three mistakes, but like three mistakes basically were huge and cost the team the game again on Sunday. So let's start by going through those. Um, we start in the second quarter, late in the second quarter. Uh, fourth and one for the Bills. It looks like they're either going to go for it with some trickery or they're just trying to get the Jets to jump off sides, probably just trying to get the Jets to jump off sides. Um, They run this kind of weird play where Josh Allen actually leaves behind center. um, And then C.J. Mosley, inexplicably, jumps over the line into the neutral zone, uh, well, over the neutral zone to make a play and and obviously way ahead of the, the snap. It's a penalty, gives them the first down. The Bills go down, score a touchdown before the half. And suddenly a game that looked destined to be nothing-nothing at halftime is 7 nothing Bills. And, I mean, to Mosley's credit after the game, he he just said, I, I was trying to make a play. Like, he basically was trying to make that superstar highlight real play, right? Yeah, the Tro- Troy Palomalo is, yeah. is what, what he called it. Um, yeah, so Salah pointed this out. I guess it, he, both he and I think C.J. Mosley said that it's like in vogue now to like do a trick play where the quarterback pretends like he's going to the sideline to like, uh, I can't hear you or whatever. And then they snap it to somebody else. And so Dawson Knox was like coming across to snap it. And I guess so CJ just got like very overzealous in the moment. It seemed even more ridiculous than it even was maybe because I was like, what I, I didn't tweet out what happened because I wanted to make sure that I, what my eyes just saw was accurate because I was like, did like the center move or something? Like, why did he, like he jumped over every, nobody had moved yet. And he jumped over and tackled the guy. It, he he did have a funny line because somebody said like uh, asked him like so did you try like stopping he's like well I was I was already in the air so at that point I figured I might as well just finish it 
um, yeah, it was. It's again. This kind of happened early in the season, like not even the Patriots games, like the early losses where like the veterans were the ones that were like making these these mistakes that were pretty costly, and that was that was kind of what it was, for, especially for CJ who doesn't doesn't usually have the mental lapses like that because he's considered so smart uh, in the middle of the field, but uh, he did make up for it uh, later. You know, he he was the one that broke up when when the Bills like tried throwing the ball in the in the fourth quarter when they were supposed to run the clock down they like threw it on first down cj mose they, they none of them cj said nobody in the defense expected that and so he just like ran for dear life and hoped to break up the pass and he's like prayed that it worked and he did so that so he did make up for it in a way but yeah in, in that moment like that was a really costly penalty because like you said they went down the field they probably weren't gonna i think they were trying to draw them off sides which worked obviously i don't know if they would have snapped it uh and then i mean you assume the jets get the ball back and then who knows what happens and I think there are bigger mistakes later that I'm sure you're about to ask me about, but that that definitely in the first half was was a really big, especially for it to happen right before halftime when the Jets were getting the ball back too. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. So the next one we're going to jump to is, you had referenced it earlier, but but White goes out with the wicked hit to the ribs, yeah. um, which you, you know, tweeted with no context. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, Flacco comes in, but not just Flacco coming in, because that was... That was only 50% of this, I think, because Mike Remmers has to come in for George Fant, right, on the same situation. And it's a perfect storm. You have the immobile quarterback and the lineman who's just ill-prepared in that moment to to stop anyone, I think. And it's a to clear shot at Flacco. He fumbles the ball away. And you go from White kind of starting to move this this team a little bit to suddenly the ball's on the ground, the Bills recover it, and another tough turn for the Jets. Yeah, because they had kind of moved up the field a little bit. Uh, I mean, again, when when your when your quarterback leaves in the middle of a drive, it's it's going to be hard to recover from that, no matter what, unless you have Chris Traveler coming in. Um, but <laughs> I, you know, I don't I don't know. It like I think we 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 all knew kind of what the real Flacco was. I think he kind of lulled everybody into sense of maybe this is the Flacco of old in that Browns game, where he, I mean, <laughs> like that comeback. Obviously, it feels like ages and ages ago at this point. Um, but he was very good in that game, but he was also very bad in the Bengals game and he was not good in the Ravens game. And I think that Flacco is who he is at this point. You, you don't yeah. want to play, you don't, ideally you're not playing him. Like if you have a great team around him, maybe you can do something and they do have a talented roster, but his like immobility with the offensive line, kind of the way it is right now, it just not, it just doesn't work. And you saw that. And he, and, and then when he came back in the next drive, when he had a little more time to process what was going to happen, he, he like missed, I think it was Conklin really badly, uh, and it was a quick three and out. And then Mike came back in. Uh, I think somebody, I, I wasn't there for this. I, I forget. I think, 
I can't remember who it was. Somebody told uh, another reporter that he was like surprised when he looked up and Mike White was in the huddle because <laughs> uh, he didn't think he was going to come back in. I can't, I cannot remember who said that. Um, I think it was Barrios, maybe. Yeah, I think it might have been Barrios. Uh, but yeah, I, thought, I found that funny that they, like, that he had been hit to such a degree, and you know he was on the ground multiple times, uh, writhing in pain, and then he then he comes back in and he plays pretty well, <laughs> despite all of that. So anyway, yeah, Flacco is pretty clearly not the answer. I, I'm very curious to see how this plays out now and uh, how Zach Wilson would do in a situation where he has to come in and uh, in a pinch like that. So I don't know. Yeah, bad Tony. Penalty. I mean, bad uh, fumble though, for sure. Yeah, when that injury happened, Tony Romo pretty much immediately said in the broadcast, "He's he's done. He's not coming I, back." Yeah, I actually, I I saw either saw the clip. I had the broadcast on some of the game. I, I saw, he was like, "I'm not going to speculate," but then he proceeded to speculate. To say broken right. ribs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and and then the, the, I think that the last fumble was was the biggest one, which I'm sure you're about to ask me about. That was next, Michael Carter. Um, and this is a situation where. They're already in field goal range. They're driving. They're down two scores still at this point, but there's there's lots of time left. Um, it's a situation where you can score, get a regular stop, and probably have a regularly timed drive to to try to get back in this thing. And Carter get, has a nice run season opening. And I know after the game, he said he saw like a touchdown. He saw the potential to yeah. really break the run. Um, instead, on a terrible, slick, mucky day, the ball slips out um, and – the, the Bills recover it there. And I will say this about the Jets. A lot of teams, that's it right there, right? They just yeah. kind of roll over. It's not our day. They just kept fighting and clawing to stay in this thing, even after Michael Carter's fumble. Yeah, I, I think that, 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 that this team has made it pretty clear that they're never really out of the game. You'd like it so they don't have to keep making these comebacks because I, I don't know how many there's been this year, but it seems like a lot of their wins have come after they've been trailing. Like it, if they could lead a game for four quarters, that would be good uh, when it's not even a, like against a good team. But um, yeah, the, the Carter fumble is rough. You know, I look, I, I, I know I'm sure Bam Knight needed some rest to a degree, but he was running the ball really well. Uh, I know they like Michael Carter, but it's so clear to me that Bam Knight is the better player. And Michael Carter was not running the ball well that game. I think maybe that maybe contributed to why he wanted to like go and score because I was like, oh, I want to make up for how I was playing. And he tried running the guy over. It did not work out. I, I just think Bam, you know, he he for, he had ten forced missed tackles again uh, on Sunday. I think he has like twenty five in three weeks, according to Pro Football Focus, which is like a ridiculous amount of tackles to be forced, especially because, you know, I don't, I don't think he's necessarily like a power back either. A lot of it's like he just like does not stop running, and he's pretty quick and explosive, and he looked really. He scored his first touchdown on a, on a really good run, uh, and he's just a better player than Carter. So I think in those late game situations, like they should have, it was like third and one, I I think when Carter fumbled it. Or something like that. Uh, like Bam should have had the ball there, not not Michael. Like, look, Michael Carter's not someone who fumbles it usually, so I, I think he deserves a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, and he's usually a pretty good short yardage back. But I don't know. They, they talk about feeding the hot hand. Bam Knight was the hot hand. I wouldn't have taken Michael out there. One other thing, it's not a, a mistake, but a question mark as far as um, overall the coaching staff. I thought was you know whatever on the offense, right? You, you do what you can do in that kind of weather. Um, yeah. The fact that they moved the ball as much as they did, I think is a credit to the, the play calling um, to some degree. Um, but with two minutes left, they have that fourth and one. They're inside the 10 and they choose to kick the field goal, which they get within a score and then they get the three and out in the ball back and they actually get helped out a little bit as well because the um, 
the Bills threw the ball on that one play that we talked about with C.J. Mosley breaking it up that saved them a timeout. Um, but that said, if you, it's so hard to drive the length of the field in less than a minute at the end of the game like that when they know you're going to throw and everything to, to get the touchdown. But you're already on the 10-yard line. Just go for it there, right? Like, if you don't get it, sure, the game's over. But if you you could run for one and then still have another set of downs to get it into the end zone, um, and then that sets you up to get the three and out and only need to get a field goal, I think that's such a big difference. Um, did, I didn't hear that they spoke necessarily about that play after the game. Uh, a little bit. Sol- I mean, Salah said that. I mean, so they did have all three of their timeouts, uh, which I think maybe played a little bit of a factor in their decision-making. Uh I think they would still would have had gone down the field to, to make a field goal, obviously. Um, I don't know. I, I see both sides of the argument. But, yeah, to your point, I mean, the point points were hard to come by anyway. So you go for the touchdown, especially because they were moving all the way up the field. Uh, I don't know. It was, it, the next drive, they didn't move anywhere. They had four straight incompletions and the game ended. So, um, And I, I think they, they wanted to get better field position on the, on the kickoff, and they didn't wind up really getting good field position. I think the um, – I mean, on, on the, on the, yeah, on the kickoff. So I don't know. It, it didn't, it didn't work out, but I, that's not like a, the worst decision. They Like I, I didn't have a huge, as big of a problem with that as maybe like some, some of the other play calls and some of the, like the focus on still like targeting Braxton Barrios. Although Mike White had a pretty remarkable throw to Barrios. I'll say it was like a 25 yard completion late in the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately I don't think they lost because of that. I think they lost right. because they started slow and the turnovers ultimately, like they, they keep putting themselves in this position. The offense, it seems like doesn't open up until they're trailing, uh, which I don't know if that's an offensive coordinator thing. I don't know if that's Mike white being too conservative until that happens. They need to fix that though. As this, this last part of the schedule is not as easy as even like we thought it was a couple weeks ago. So they like the lions are good. I don't know how good their defense is, but their, their offense is very good. Uh, the Jaguars just killed the Titans who are, probably going to be in the playoffs Seahawks are kind of falling off but I, I think going to Seattle is hard and and then the Dolphins game you know that might be the one that decides whether the Jets are in the playoffs so it's uh they have a really tough stretch coming up and they they can't keep playing from behind or they're it's going to catch up to them and you know we, I thought they could get the three wins at the in this last stretch like fairly easily that's why I was pretty confident they would make the playoffs but th- this this path like they, they made it harder on themselves these last two weeks you know I it, we went into those two games saying if they at least split it, they'll be okay. And they, they, I thought they looked like the better team both weeks. Like, and that, yeah, I think the bills maybe have more talent probably like top to bottom, but you know, Josh Allen did not look good against them. Kirk cousins, not look good against them. They should have and could have won both games. They had the ball with the chance to either tie or go ahead at the end of the game, both times and did not do it. So like they're, they're right there, which is why I think uh, like the locker room, I thought after the game, and this kind of goes back to Salah's, like original comments about how we're going to see them again. That locker room did not have a feeling of one that that just lost for the second time in a row or, you know, that had fallen behind in the playoff standings or, you know, had this hard stretch coming up and, you know, that everybody just seemed kind of very positive and normal and, and they really do believe that they're a playoff team. And I don't know, maybe that power of belief will carry them the rest of the way. They need to do a lot of better job. A lot of the stuff we've talked about here, but, um, this team believes, and I think that that goes back to the coach. I, I think he does a really good job of saying the right things, both at the podium and behind closed doors. So I, I think his message resonated, and you hope that it, it, it works to get them going and and uh, to close out, to both start and close out games in, in a better fashion. 
All right. Um, let's get back to, well, you mentioned the positive vibe. So yeah, everything Salah says goes into that for sure. Um, I will say this, that my, obviously Mike White too, right? Like this guy just brings um, this belief and he almost had his Willis Reed moment in this game yeah. too, where he comes running out of the, after the, after the rib injury, he comes running out of the locker room with the helmet in hand and he's back on the field and you're like, oh my God. And you can only imagine um, what the team is thinking at that point, because yep. if we're thinking, wow, he's, he's not coming back in this game. Um, the team is probably thinking that as well, especially anybody who's, who saw the actual hit. Um, but he comes running out and they said he didn't actually, there was no pep talk when he got back yeah. to the team. He just right back out there, business as usual, because the actions are the pep talk. Yes. Like you came running back when everybody thought you were heading probably to the hospital, which he did go to after the game uh, for precautionary reasons. But I mean, He's not, he doesn't have the, the greatest tools in the world. He doesn't, he's not the fastest. He's not that, but he is a teammate and a leader and he shows it week after week. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, just had some te- technical difficulties I had to deal with. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's not like he needed it. He needed to earn the respect of his, of his teammates. Cause I think they already respected him quite a bit for the way he's played re- recently, but like the, for him to do all of that, like I, I, a couple of the guys, I, I, again, like they, they all kind of had similar comments, but one of them said something along the lines of like a lot of quarterbacks would not have come back from that. Like after the second hit, which was a devastating one, as we talked about, he uh, he went back out there and he was he was like delivering some dimes. Um, so I I uh, I don't know. I think this locker room I loves him. I think they like him even more after the way he played yesterday, you know, in the face of the offensive line kind of failing him i i think he did a fantastic you know some of the throws he was making elijah moore was heavily involved in this game first time since like his his rant pretty much he was like heavily involved he played as he ran as many routes almost as garrett wilson uh but mike white was delivering like great throws at the sideline his his braxton barrios throw is worth rewatching. it was it was really remarkable he's doing this in the conditions like it was snowing and raining like simultaneously uh, which is, I imagine, not fun conditions to play in as a football player, especially if you're in pain in your ribs. Um, it's not like he wasn't getting hit at the end of the game, but he he guided them down the field, and if not for the Michael Carter fumble, then I think they probably win that game. So he he's a guy that did like it, it's it's been said a lot already, and it sounds cliche, but he is not phased by pressure, by being down, by being injured. Like this guy is just a gamer, and I think he's he's shown enough flashes of, of like being able to make all the throws that. At, at a certain point, you have to wonder if he. I mean, this is going to be a discussion we probably have more at the end of the season than now. But if, or, or at least if he, you know, if he can get a couple wins in a row or whatever, is he? Can he be the guy for them next year? And what do they do with his contract and all that stuff? Because it, it's worth thinking about because he's, he's rallied his locker room, which there's something to be said for, and he's and he's played really well. I, it's funny. I, I, maybe not funny, but I've seen like the, the argument by some. I don't know if they're if it's from the Jets fan base entirely or or who it is, but. I've seen people point out that he, you know, he's one and two, uh, and Zach Wilson was five and two. Ultimately, quarterback wins are really not a stat. Like that is not, like Zach Wilson. They were they were not five and two because of Zach Wilson. They were five and two in a lot of ways in spite of him. Like he just didn't make mistakes. Like they're they're not one and two because of Mike White. They're one and two because of a lot of the mistakes they've made, some of the play calling errors, some of the some of the turnovers and, and all that stuff. So I. I, I think he's pretty clearly the guy to lead them to the playoffs, whether he can pull it off after this hole they put themselves in. I don't know. But, 
yesterday was very impressive, and I think it's a game that people in that locker room are going to remember for a while. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's talk about that hole that they put them in because they didn't get any help yesterday. You'd think the Dolphins could take care of business and beat the Chargers on Sunday night, and that went the other way. So now the Jets find themselves with four games to play in the eighth spot on the bubble, but that could change again tonight if the Patriots win and beat Arizona, and they would drop to nine, I believe, because they lose that tiebreaker to the Patriots. Um, So they go from a spot where it looked like Going into that Sunday night game, I felt like, all right, well, they lost two in a row, but they're still in the playoffs. Like, they're still in that number seven hole, depending on what happens with the Patriots. But then the Chargers go out and win and look pretty good the last couple weeks. Um, And so now you're in a tough spot where you're right, three and one. Like, if they had been in on the inside, it felt like maybe they could squeak in at at nine and eight. But now it has to. I think you have to get to ten wins. Um, So... It's tricky, um, and the Patriots probably will beat the Cardinals, I would imagine, just because that's the way things tend to go for the Jets, right? So who knows? I think the, per- the NFL has been very weird lately. So <laughs> it's knows, very weird. Yes. yes, I think I the percentages so. were uh, ESPN had the Jets at like 27%, and yeah. then uh, the other one I saw was, what, 35%. But going into the two, the Vikings game, I'm rambling now, but going into the Vikings game <laughs> and the Bills game, I think think they were saying that if they lost both their percentage to make the playoffs would still be 42 percent so things have gone badly enough that it's actually below that now um but all that can change with one game right so when you look at at the path going forward um the dolphins game looks like it's going to matter for the dolphins at this point after they lost last night which makes that one harder so you almost have to win these next three which are very winnable but I don't know where I'm going here. But anytime you want to bail me no, out, no, Zach. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, it, that the way you're talking about it is right because there's it, it they're in. I mean it's fun to be covering a team that can make the playoffs still in on December 12th. But the the scenario has become convoluted now because the, because of these losses. So you know the so the Dolphins play the Bills next week. I think it would be better if the Dolphins lose that game. At this point, yeah. the Jets are not going to win the AFC East unless they won four in a row, I guess. But um, I, I wouldn't bet on that. So I don't know. Like I tweeted this last night. It feels like that last game is really going to decide whether the Jets make the playoffs. So I, I could see them going two and one these next three games. And then that last game is just for the last wild card spot between those two teams kind of thing. Right. And like, if the, so if the, the tr- Dolphins lose to the Bills next week and the Jets win, they're tied. Yeah, exactly. And, then, and, the, and Jets the Jets the currently game. have the tiebreaker. Right. Yeah, so, but, yeah. but yeah, but that only matters about until week 18. Right. But, uh, play, yeah. Like, 
So like the Chargers, their schedule looks easy, but they're the Chargers, so you kind of assume that they're going to blow it at some point because that's like their tradition. They they play the Titans, the Colts, the Rams, and the Broncos. The Titans are the only team that's a playoff team, and they look like an absolute mess right now. They'll probably they be angry. By the they'll at least have that. Yeah, they'll be angry. Um, I mean, the Bengals, it seems like, are, are are pretty much a lock to be in, and the Ravens are – their schedule, even without Lamar, like their schedule is not very hard. So I feel like the Bengals and Ravens are – probably safely in and the, and the jets don't have a tiebreaker against them anyway uh so then it's really coming down mostly the AFC east you have you have the dolphins you have the patriots and you have the chargers outside of the division i think are the, those are the teams that are kind of like still in this mix right here so um the chargers they're not going to play so they have to have a better conference record so that that you know the lions game doesn't impact that but you know winning the standings does help uh the Seahawks doesn't impact that either, but the Jaguars, they have to beat the Jaguars. If they lose the Jaguars, the season's probably not going anywhere, uh, even if the Jaguars don't look like pushovers anymore. But, yeah, it, you know, I, I covered the Giants in 2020. This is a little different because the Giants had a losing record. They started terribly, but the NFC East was so historically bad that playoff scenarios at the end of the season were like a big thing. So it is it is fun to write about playoff scenarios. It does get convoluted at a certain point. Um, but at, Jets fans will take that over the usual December where – they're the best they can do is play spoiler. Uh, but yeah, this, I mean, this is a, this is going to be a franchise defining four game stretch because, you know, I, I, I think if they make it to the playoffs, like the jets have the, like if everybody important stays healthy, which they've already lost so many important people, obviously, but if everybody important stays healthy, this is a team that can compete with most of the teams in the AFC. I, I think they would struggle against the chiefs and the Bengals. But everybody else in the conference, I think they would at least be competitive with. And I don't think anybody wants to face the Jets because of their defense. So get get to the dance, and then who knows what can happen. And I, I think that's their mindset right now. And, I mean, they need to go 3-1 and one at the very least over these last four games. Like, I don't two, – two and two wins is not going to get them there. So, um, yeah, it's I mean, it, the cliche of they control their own destiny, but you, you beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and, and they'll get to the playoffs. If they don't, there's so many what ifs in this season so far. Yep. When you think to the both Patriots, the Patriots games, the Patriots games in particular, both yeah. Patriots games, absolutely. This Bills game, um, the Vikings game, absolutely too. There's so many like, oh, it was right there, it was right there, and it seems like every time it's been right there, it's gone the other way because of a little mistake here, a little mistake there. But that's why they say, right, you have to learn to win. Um, and this team, it feels like kind of has learned to win. I mean, obviously they're seven and six, but yeah. Um, but maybe not against the elite yet. So we will see if they can figure it out over the next four weeks. Uh, Marissa, we talked about the the locker room being positive, and I feel like even though they've lost two in a row, this podcast was somewhat positive. Um, how's the chat room? So I think I think this comment from Kevin kind of sums it up. Don't think I've ever seen Jets Twitter more positive after a loss. Hashtag white effect. So. <laughs> And, and we're, you know, as we're talking about like this down the stretch, a lot of any given Sunday comments um, and basically if the Jets win, that's all they got, all they have to focus on. So focus on your team winning and hopefully they can pull it out. But yeah, I'd say good vibes. Um, I mean, it's still the Bills um, and they went in there and put up a fight. So again, no moral victories. We don't want to say that. But overall, I think the chat is pretty content let's say yeah I'll, I'll, I'll to jump in off that like i i think a lot of that is like just the vibe coming out of the like the way everybody's talking about mike white and yeah like the way they're talking about this defense and the way salah had like i i think it it, it is reflected in the, in the fan base i am curious to see how they'll feel 
if at the end of the year the Jets are nine and eight and they miss the playoffs, I, I imagine some people will be mad. Um, Brendan just asked when I'm visiting Ireland. I would love to visit Ireland, but <laughs> a little busy right now. <laughs> this is a good comment too. Mike White coming back from the locker room gave me hope yeah. for the game. Yeah, yeah. I think that like fighting attitude um, is endearing to a fan base. You know, not just rolling over and giving yes. up um, against you know the big brother in the division. But I think, you know, like they put up a fight. They could contend with one of the top teams in the AFC. So I think, uh, well, Scott's now saying that I'm he's not content. <laughs> so I don't want to speak for everybody, but <laughs> the general consensus of the chat is that, you know, this team, this, this is a lot different team than we've seen over the past several I years. I think yes. if they do go nine and eight, it's going to be a really split fan base at the end of the year because, like, you'll have half the fan base that's like, you know what? If you had told us nine and eight before the season started, yes. we would be dancing in the streets. Like, yeah, you know, important games in December and, and everything they were shooting for, they would have had. Um, and then the other part will be like, you know what? It's not good enough because of where we were in the middle of the season and the way it, it w- if they don't get there, will have fallen apart down the stretch. Because if they finish nine and eight, that means they would have gone what two and two and four in the final six games. Um, yeah. So it's not it's not good enough from that standpoint. But they wanted to play. I think if they don't make the playoffs, the big off season conversation. I mean, it's going to be anyway. But Zach Wilson, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's Mike White. The, if they, yes, like. I think I whether they do or not, it will be. But if they don't, it will be like, did they waste time playing him? What Although I will say if, if they you know. go two and two, we probably will feel less good about Mike White also. It depends on the, yeah, it depends on the two yeah. also, like who's he losing to. Um, yeah, the, the quarterback thing and this the situation is going to be fascinating. Right. By yeah. the way, f- funny moment from the – I'll just share this because I, I found it funny. Um from the playoff comment that Salah had, uh, Garrett Wilson got asked about it, and he was kind of like confused by the phrasing <laughs> of it, and and so he he was asked like, so Salah said that you were going to see them again. Um, like, what did you think when when he said that? He's like, oh, I I didn't think we were playing them again this season. <laughs> and then they're trying to like be like, he's like, and then he's like, so where are we in the playoff standings? Like, oh. No, he's he's basically just saying you guys are going to make the playoffs. Like, oh, oh, oh yeah, I agree. <laughs> it was like a very like. That's why this rookie class is so great because they're so like pure and, and like honest and stuff. And he's like, "Why? Well, I, I didn't think we could, we were playing them again." But if he says that, I don't know. He's coach. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was. I, I found that really funny. Um, I mean, it, again, it, to to go to go back to this discussion we're having right now about how f- fans are going to feel if they go nine and eight or whatever. If that happens, I I think you go into the offseason feeling still really optimistic because this is such a young team, which. I feel like people have forgotten almost because of how good Sauce is and how right. good Garrett is. Um, this is a very young team, and I mean, even Quentin Williams is a is a leader, and he just turned twenty five. I mean, he's been in the league. He's like he was like young for his uh, his draft class, but um, this is a very young team. They never are out of any games, and when you're when you're that young, like eventually the tide's going to turn. You would think, and you start winning those close games. You're kind of even seeing it like with the Lions right now. Like they've flipped the, the script a little bit. To where they were losing all all their losses early in the season were close, and then they they now they were winning all their games. Their offense is coming alive. Like, I mean, I'm not saying the Jets should aspire to be the Lions because the Jets are probably better than the Lions. But the point being, like, eventually the tide turns when you have like such talented young guys that are learning how to win, as they say. Um, and I, I think that you're you're going to go into this off season unless they lose these last four games in a row, which I, I don't see that happening. I mean, I've I've been told that I'm new to this Jets beat, so you should expect the worst <laughs> and stuff. But 
I don't see that happening. So I think you're going to go into the offseason feeling good about the direction of the Jets, which I don't know the last time the fans have felt like that way, like to, to the degree that you're like, all right, if we make the right moves next year, we're being talked about as like an AFC East contender as opposed to, you know, a team fighting for the playoffs even. So it's uh, they're in a really good spot as an organization right now. I think they have the right leadership in place, GM, head coach. Uh, you know, we're still figuring out the quarterback situation. They have great defense. So I, I, uh, yeah, I think fans should be very encouraged about where they're at. I know it's easy. Fans don't want to hear that when they just lost two games in a row or being all positive and, and all that stuff. I, they definitely have a lot to improve on and there's still some concerns and, and all that stuff. But I, I think they're in a really good place right now. And I, I still, if you were to ask me right now, are they going to make the playoffs? I, I kind of think they are still, I think they can win three or four games. So if, if gun to my head, I think they make it, it's not going to be easy. But I think this team has the ability to do it. I promise I won't pick any more Jets games the rest of the way. I'll do do my part to help them get there um, for sure. All right. We're going to be back on Friday to get you ready for that Lions game. Such a huge game at this point. It feels like it's a at this point, it feels like the next three weeks are almost like playoff games for this Jets yeah. team. They're at that position where you have to win to to kind of advance to have a shot. MetLife should, Met should be pretty hyped on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, get get there early, right? As Robert said. Yeah, yeah. Get there early. Uh, if you want to join The Athletic, you can do it for $2 a month for a year. That's $24 total for the full year. It's at theathletic.com slash can't wait. Again, we'll be back on Friday to get you ready for that Lions game. Uh, have a great week, whether you're shopping or doing whatever you're doing out there. Enjoy it and stay warm, everyone.